coffee in the big game. Dust off your Walkmans and grab your Rubik's Cube. Don't cross the streams. I got a great idea, you guys. Click shoes. This is Radio Wayne's Wine to Grow On, your 30-minute time machine to the coolest moments in 80s and 90s pop culture, wrapped up in a tasty spiritual hot pocket. Stick around for some great retro fun, and if you're not careful, you might learn something before it's done. And now, here's your host, Wayne Cordova. Welcome, True Believers, to another episode of Radio Wayne's One to Grow On. I'm your host, Wayne Cordova, your guide to all things rad from two decades that brought us everything from friends to Furbies. Each week, we take a nostalgia-dipped look at the TV shows, films, franchises, and cultural moments that made the 80s and 90s so unforgettable. Buckle up, because today, we're off to the races with the Cannonball Run, that madcap star-studded comedy from 1981. If you need a refresher, The Cannonball Run is a freewheeling movie about an illegal cross-country race where anything goes. The film features a cavalcade of stars like Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, Farrah Fawcett, and even martial arts legend Jackie Chan. But the fun didn't stop there. It spawned a sequel in 1984, Cannonball Run 2, which brought back our favorite faces and added even more to the mix. These films weren't just about the laughs. They captured a spirit of wild fun and reckless abandon that echoed the fast-paced, anything-can-happen vibes of the 1980s. Fun fact, did you know the Cannonball Run movies were inspired by a real-life coast-to-coast race that took place five times in the 70s? It was as wild as it sounds, and we'll be digging into that history in today's episode, too. So, whether you're a fan of fast cars, comedy legends, or just love a good road trip, you're in for a treat. Now let's drop the hammer and make a mad dash to the fun, wacky, and wild world of the Cannonball Run. This is the story of an average guy and a beautiful girl. Hi. Don't tell me your name. I'll just call you beauty. You must be a sensitive person. I bet you're a fan of Rod McEwen's. I try to be. And his best friend. I am Captain Chaos. Been a cop long? And a family doctor. Come on right here. And how they all set out one day in an ambulance from New York to California at 150 miles per hour. California, here we come. But they aren't the only ones. Because this is the Cannonball Run. America's illegal Grand Prix. And it doesn't matter how you get there. It's who gets there first. Burt Reynolds is the defending champion. On his team, Farrah Fawcett. Are you one of those volleyballers? Cannonballers. Dom DeLuise. And Jackie Lump. And here comes the competition. Sammy Davis Jr. You, Shorty. Where'd you get all that jewelry? Take a layup. Layup. Mel Tillis and Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> Jackie Chan. <laughs> and Roger Moore as himself. I'm Roger Moore. <laughs> Roger Moore. <laughs> all of them. Reckless. We're in kind of a hurry, so if you just bless it and then we'll be unscrupulous. Oh, I gotta bless her. Oh, I'm sorry, Father. She's a Zen Buddhist. Desperate characters. Fire. By land. By sea. 
by air. They'll do anything, drive anything, say anything. It's hard to understand you. When I called you, I was doing 140 miles an hour. And stop at nothing. Normally, I drive right around the speed limit. We all make mistakes, miss. But 160? To win the Cannonball Run. Yeah, we're looking good. Come on, faster! Cannonball Run. The only movie to get over 200 tickets before it even opens. The Cannonball Run, a legendary event that transitioned from a real-life car race to a series of beloved comedy films, has cemented its place in automotive and cinematic history. The roots of the Cannonball Run trace back to the daring feats of Erwin Cannonball Baker. In 1933, Baker set a cross-country driving record, journeying from New York to Los Angeles in a remarkable 53 hours and 30 minutes. This audacious endeavor sowed the seeds for the modern Cannonball Run. The modern Cannonball Run was the brainchild of Brock Yates, a renowned automotive journalist and racing enthusiast. Yates penned an article in 1971 for Car and Driver magazine titled The Cannonball Baker Sea to Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash. In this article, he proposed an unofficial cross-country race following the spirit of Baker's historic run. The race was intended not only to test the driving prowess of participants, but also to push the limits of their cars, creating an adrenaline-fueled spectacle. On May 3, 1971, history was made as the inaugural Cannonball Run took place. The winning team consisted of Brock Yates and the accomplished racer Dan Gurney. They completed the audacious journey in an astounding 35 hours and 54 minutes, driving a specially modified Ferrari Daytona. The race drew considerable attention, but it was, notably, an unofficial and unsanctioned event conducted on public roads. The success of the first Cannonball Run led to the organization of additional races in 1972 and 1975. These races attracted a mix of daredevils and speed enthusiasts who aimed to outdo the records set in previous runs. However, the increasing concerns about safety, coupled with heightened law enforcement scrutiny, ultimately led to the discontinuation of the original Cannonball Run events. The Cannonball Run film of 1981 stands as a cinematic tribute to the audacious spirit of the real-life Cannonball Run. Hal Needham, a maverick of the film industry known for his extensive background in stunt work, was the captain of the Cannonball Run. Needham's intimate knowledge of orchestrating jaw-dropping action sequences and daring stunts lent a unique dynamic to the film. His career had been marked by a string of stunt-related achievements, including being a stunt double for Hollywood legends like Burt Reynolds, who would become the star in his film. Under Needham's direction, the Cannonball Run came alive with exhilarating car chases, daring stunts, and a sense of adventure that mirrored the real-life Cannonball Run. His ability to balance action and humor was pivotal in creating the thrilling yet comedic atmosphere that defined the movie. Brock Yates, the very man behind the real-life Cannonball Run, was the creative force behind the screenplay of the film. Drawing from his own experiences and inspired by the daring exploits of the unofficial cross-country race, Yates masterfully adapted the essence of the Cannonball Run into a fictionalized narrative. 
Yates' screenplay retained the irreverent spirit of the original race while weaving in elements of humor and fictional characters. This creative approach allowed the film to capture the essence of Cannonball Run's free-spirited anything-ghost ethos, providing audiences with a wild and entertaining ride. The Cannonball Run boasted an ensemble cast that read like a who's who of Hollywood in the early 1980s. Burt Reynolds took on the role of J.J. McClure, the film's central character and a modern-day adventurer. His charisma and charm made him the perfect fit for a character embroiled in a cross-country car race filled with quirky competitors. Dom DeLuise, a frequent collaborator with Reynolds, portrayed Victor Prinzum, J.J.'s lovable and bumbling sidekick. DeLuise's comedic timing and physical comedy added a delightful layer of humor to the film. But it wasn't just the main cast that made the Cannonball Run shine. The film featured an array of celebrity cameos, including Roger Moore as Seymour Goldfarb, a character hilariously spoofing Moore's iconic James Bond persona. These cameos added a star-studded appeal, making the film a must-see for audiences eager to spot their favorite celebrities in unexpected roles. The Cannonball Run roared onto screens with all the excitement of a cross-country race and raced its way into the annals of box office history. The film's commercial success was nothing short of phenomenal, earning over $72 million in box office revenue. This staggering achievement not only solidified its status as a beloved classic, but also laid the groundwork for the sequel, Cannonball Run 2. Capitalizing on the triumph of the original film, Cannonball Run 2 hit theaters in 1984. Many of the key cast members returned for the sequel, including Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise. The film also introduced new characters portrayed by legendary figures such as Frank Sinatra. Although not as critically acclaimed as its predecessor, it enjoyed significant commercial success. The Cannonball Run, both as a real-life event and a film franchise, left an enduring mark on pop culture. It celebrated the thrill of high-speed racing the audacity of crossing the country in record time, and the camaraderie among a diverse group of characters. Although the real-life Cannonball Run may have faded into history due to safety concerns, its spirit lives on in the hearts of car enthusiasts and fans of the film. Ladies and gentlemen, the popcorn's in the lobby, and the nuts are on the screen. You wanted it, you got it. Cannonball Run 2. And this time, there's no limit. No limit to the lunacy. No limit to the chaos. No limit to the stars. Burt Reynolds. Dom DeLuise. What a team. Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Jamie Farr, Mary Lou Henner, Telly Savalas, and Shirley MacLaine. Susan Anton, Catherine Bach, Buster Brooks, Sid Caesar, Jackie Chan, Tim Conway, Tony Danza, Jack Elam, Richard Keel, Con Knotts. Ricardo Montalban, Jim Neighbors, Charles Nelson Riley, nine million dollars. Joe Theismann, Mel Tillis, weird. Abe Bigoda, Frank Sinatra. At last comes the motion picture from the greatest book of traffic citations ever written. Cannonball Run. 
one, two. The Cannonball Run movie kicks off with a gathering of race teams in Connecticut ready to embark on a cross-country car race. It's a race where the finish line is almost secondary to the outrageous escapades and colorful characters along the way. Among the racers are some unforgettable teams. J.J. McClure, played by Burt Reynolds, a renowned racing driver and team owner, partners with Victor Prinzi, Dom DeLuise, his chief mechanic and occasional co-driver. They're behind the wheel of a Dodge Tradesman ambulance equipped with a high-performance NASCAR engine. Jamie Blake, played by Dean Martin, a former Formula One icon with a taste for scotch, and his teammate Morris Fenderbaum, Sammy Davis Jr., who's more obsessed with gambling than racing. They're cleverly disguised as Catholic priests and drive a striking red Ferrari. Jill Rivers and Marcy Thatcher, portrayed by Tara Buckman and Adrian Barbeau, respectively. These two attractive women use their looks to their advantage as they race in a sleek black Lamborghini Countach. A duo of Japanese drivers with a high-tech computer-laden Subaru GL four-wheel drive hatchback, complete with a rocket booster engine. One of those drivers was Jackie Chan. The good old boys who drive a street-legal replica of Donnie Allison's Hawaiian Tropics-sponsored NASCAR Winston Cup Series Chevrolet stock car owned by Haas Ellington. Seymour Goldfarb Jr., Roger Moore, a wealthy British playboy who fancies himself as Roger Moore. Complete with gadgets, he navigates a silver Aston Martin DB5. Abdul Ben Falafel, Jamie Farr, a wealthy Middle Eastern sheik, commands a white Rolls Royce silver shadow. The race begins with teams taking their turns at the starter stand punching time cards to record the departure times before setting off. Meanwhile, Mr. Arthur J. Foyt, representing the Safety Enforcement Unit, aims to stop the race due to environmental and safety concerns. He's accompanied by Pamela Glover, a tree lover and photographer played by Farrah Fawcett. As the race unfolds, chaos reigns. In fact, Victor occasionally transforms into his alter ego, Captain Chaos, adding to the madness. The primary rivalry emerges between the ambulance team and the Ferrari. In a series of mishaps and paybacks, they keep each other on their toes. The race culminates in a desert highway standoff in a brawl with a biker gang. Captain Chaos and the Subaru team unleash martial arts skills, and eventually the road clears and the racers sprint back to their cars. The finish line sees a foot race with JJ ambushing the other racers. Ultimately, only Victor and Marcy remain. Victor, in his Captain Chaos persona, rushes to save a, quote, baby, later revealed to be a dog, allowing Marcy to actually win the race. JJ is initially furious, but Captain Chaos reveals that he's not Captain Chaos anymore. He's Captain USA. And they share a laugh and they hug, and Mr. Foyt reappears, blaming everyone for the race's impact on the American highway, to which Seymour Goldfarb Jr. offers Foyt a cigar and a hidden surprise, sending him flying into the water with an ejection seat. As the movie concludes, it's clear that while the race was the goal, the real triumph was the friendships and chaos along the way. And Cannonball Run 2 continues technically right after the first race. After losing the first Cannonball Run, Sheikh Abdul Ben Falafel faces pressure from his father, the king, to win another race to honor the Falafel name. When he points out there are no more cannonball runs that year, um, his father simply suggests buying one. To ensure victory and combat his royal ulcer, the Sheik hires Dr. Nicholas Van Helsing, who previously raced with JJ and Victor, as the doctor. 
Many of the original participants return, including JJ and Victor, now working with a flying stunt crew. Blake and Fenderbomb are back. They're in financial trouble with mobster Don Don Cannelloni. They receive aid from the Sheik, and in return, Don Don hatches a plot to kidnap the Sheik for ransom. The race kicks off with JJ and Victor posing as a U.S. Army general and his driver. They catch the eye of Betty and Veronica, dressed as nuns who think the duo could make them rich. Jackie Chan is back, this time teaming up with the giant Arnold. Arnold is actually uh, played by Richard Kyle from the James Bond movies. He played Jaws. They are in an underwater-capable Mitsubishi Starion. Jill Rivers and Marcy are back, only played by different actresses this time, one of them being Catherine Bach. Another team features an orangutan driver in a Cadillac Fleetwood. JJ and Victor aid a stranded soldier, Homer Lyle, and get closer to Betty and Veronica. Don Don's enforcers stumble through their mission. When Don Don's gang captures the Sheik, the racers unite to rescue him at Don Don's Pinto Ranch. JJ, Victor, and Fenderbomb disguise themselves as belly dancers. Chaos ensues as they free the Sheik, who's reluctant to leave his female admirers. In a twist, the Sheik increases the prize to $2 million. All racers dash for the finish line, avoiding traffic patrollers. And however, the Sheik loses again, blaming the doctor for an unknown injection. He vows to win the return trip race, hiring the current winner, the orangutan, who leaves an unexpected smooch on the king to end out the movie. What are you, some kind of nut? Who do you think you are? Dun, dun, dun! I am Captain Chaos. This, this is my faithful companion, Cato. Say hello, Cato. Been a cop long? Cannonball Run is one of my earliest memories of a movie playing over and over again in the early days of HBO. So here's like the way that the, the, the setup was, you know, for us is that we actually were a multi TV family Early on, I I just I remember that we had televisions in the living room. We even had one in the kitchen. Um, we were just a for some reason we we just had one in just about you know every room. It, it wasn't because we were rich. It wasn't because they were these large screen TVs. We just had little guys you know kind of in in different rooms of the house. And when we had cable, when we got cable for for the first time. We got it with HBO and HBO was one of these movies where the catalog wasn't huge. And so if they had a movie, that movie played over and over again for weeks, if not months. I mean, there were just certain movies that my first memory of that movie is just because it played on HBO over and over again. And you didn't have a lot of options. You didn't have a lot of different channels to pick from, even with cable. And so the movie was the movie and that's when it was coming out. And then on top of that, Network TV had the, you know, the Sunday night movie of the week, the Saturday movie of the week, um, you know, syndicated channels had, you know, creature feature and all these different things. And so you had all these different channels that played movies. In a lot of cases, you saw a lot of the same movie over and over again. Sometimes there were some channels that they played this one movie once a year on this date, and that's when you had to get it. And so for me, Cannonball Run was just one of those movies that I remember seeing over and over again. I probably initially saw the movie back when it came out on HBO. When the film came out, it was in 81 when it came out, and it likely came out on HBO in 82 or 3. 
probably 83 because I do remember that shortly after I saw Cannonball Run 1, Cannonball Run 2 was coming out in theaters. And Cannonball Run 2, I definitely saw in the movie theater, but 1 is one of those. It was an HBO find for me as a little kid. And I just remember... I just remember thinking every single star was in this movie. Now, it was a case where you had big stars and then you had stars from the past. But for me, this was like one of the biggest crossovers that you could imagine. When I saw this movie for the first time, here you had Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin. These aren't nobodies, right? And so these were big stars of the time crossing over from the 70s into the 80s, you know, and so this was kind of like the twilight of some of their careers, but it was a huge deal. This was Dean Martin's last and second to last film appearance ever. Uh, You know, for Sammy Davis Jr., I think I knew him as a comedy star before I even knew him as a singer. Uh, You know, you had all these other guys, Terry Bradshaw, I definitely knew him from not just, you know, football, but from his appearance in Cannonball Run. Jamie Farr, I knew him from MASH, but now he's here playing Sheik Falafel in in this show. And this was the absolute first time in my life that I was introduced to Jackie Chan. And that completely changed everything, because when I was a kid, in my mind, you had Bruce Lee and he was, you know, the end all be all when it came to martial arts and martial arts movies. And slowly as I grew older, I was able to seek out Jackie Chan movies and be introduced to, you know, police story and be introduced to a lot of his other, you know, films that um this is back when when I was in high school, we were, you know, basically kind of like tape trading almost, trying to find classic, you know, uh, Jackie Chan movies and finding them on on cable as well and that kind of deal. But that was the first time I'd ever seen Jackie Chan was in Cannonball Run and to see his moves in the big fight scene. That was just incredible. But this movie, the concept of the race itself, I, I was watching it and I got totally into it. Listen, there was no mistaking the fact that Dom DeLuise as a actor He appealed to me as a kid. He just looked like a cartoon. He just looked like somebody that was going to be funny and entertaining. And then all of a sudden, you introduce the concept of this alter ego called Captain Chaos. And then out of nowhere, he just shows up. Dun, dun, dun. Right. And then he comes out and he's wearing his cape and he's wearing his hat and he's wearing plain clothes. Right. So this totally appeals to you if you're a kid, because what are you doing as a kid? As a kid, you're transforming into your own superhero, right? And you get the pillowcase as your cape, and maybe you threw on a Zorro mask or a Halloween mask or something as your own mask. And so here you have Victor. He's just a big kid in this movie. And every time he'd show up and he'd have his cape and his mask on, I'd do the same thing. I'd throw my cape on and my mask and, you know, hang on, citizen. Captain Chaos is here. And how we didn't get a Captain Chaos comic book, animated series or anything is beyond me, because right now I would eat that up. If there was a Captain Chaos animated series, put that on Cartoon Network on Nickelodeon right now, and I would watch that. In an instant, that is still probably a dream Halloween costume for me is to do um, Victor as Captain Chaos. I would love to pull that off one year uh, and and do that. So maybe that's in the horizon. So we'll we'll, we'll have to see. But as a kid, this was just one of those movies where um, this was the first time 
in retrospectively, looking back, that I was like, oh, this movie was really inappropriate for kids, but I had no idea because everything that was like adult, all you know, a lot of the a lot of the curse words, a lot of the suggestive language, a lot of the the innuendos and all that kind of stuff went right over my head because I was just a little kid and this movie had fast cars, funny people, um, you know, fights, <laughs> biker gang fights, and it was just an exciting, funny, you know, experience all around. All the other stuff that was really inappropriate flew right over my head. And it was one of those experiences where as a kid, now as an adult, I look back and I go, man, I don't know how I was able to watch this, but I was able to watch it. And so many inappropriate moments happen throughout this movie. A lot of them maybe even like, you know, problematic. But in 1981, you know, in the early 80s, this thing came out and it was a cavalcade of stars. Just think about the stars of today and what would happen if you pull them all together and put them into a giant movie where they're all together. Well, that's called the Avengers, right? And so you have an Avengers level movie, but it is totally a comedy and everybody comes together and pulls out all the stops. This was just an awesome experience. I love how the concept of this of this whole race, the Cannonball Run, uh, even as a kid, I noticed like the continuity issues because the way that the race runs, right, is that uh, it's a staggered start. Everybody comes in, they punch their clock, and then they race off. And so you have to beat a time, right? And you're not all racing at the same time. But at the end of the movie, they're always just racing to be first. It doesn't matter who clocked in first or who didn't. And so it always kind of cracked me up as a continuity thing where I'm like, wait, but it doesn't really matter. He could have saved the dog and then still punched in his clock. Who knows? Because his time still could have been better. But anyway, I always kind of think about like those little things when it came to the race was that they all started staggered, but for some reason, they all still caught up with each other. And it all kind of just ends with a foot race at the very end. One of the cool things about this movie, too, was like the bloopers. I loved the bloopers. I remember this being one of those moments where... um the fourth wall is completely broken. And as a kid, watching these actors be themselves in the context of the movie, and you know, you have cut after cut after cut of like these, you know, all these different things. You see um Burt Reynolds just smacking, you know, Don Deluise in the face every time he, you know, messes up or pulling a hair from his mustache. And uh, you know, it was just kind of it was almost like being let in on these actors and actresses like real lives and kind of seeing how much fun they actually had on the set. The only thing equivalent that you had to that, you know, back then wasn't social media, but you had like the Tonight Show or you had a variety show where they were playing themselves or Dean Martin was being himself or whatever. And so this was the only time that you, you know, were able to actually like do that and kind of just to see them break character and to laugh and to have fun. That was just that was fun. I love that they did that in both movies. I love that both movies had the same beats to them where like they all started off the same way. They all started off with, um, you know, uh, JJ and Victor figuring out who they were going to be. You know, both of them kind of in the first movie, JJ gets into an accident and they're riding into an ambulance and they're going really fast. And they discover, hey, you know, what? we could run this race in an ambulance and probably win this. And then like, the second movie as well, you know, they're going off and trying to figure out, you know, who they should be and trying to, you know, all of a sudden deciding they were going to be a, a general and a private, you know, um, going across the country. So it was just cool. And the cameos in all those movies, it wasn't just about the cast, but you also had like different cameos. You had um, Jim Neighbors playing 
a Gomer pile like character, right? And you know, you have all these different, you know, different folks popping up in the movie. Charles Nelson Riley showing up in this movie. It was just so much fun just to see all the different um, cameos that would pop in, you know, throughout. And then one of the things that was cool for me as a Hispanic kid growing up in a Hispanic household was Menudo making their cameo in the film through music. So Menudo was just one of those bands that I wasn't necessarily into, but my female cousins were. And growing up, I just knew who Menudo was and who they were as a group and as a band and, you know, kind of knew their music and all that. But in the early 80s, Menudo hit it big in the United States. They were everywhere. They were on the love boat. They were on Saturday morning cartoon TVs. They sang the theme song to Rubik, the amazing cube. They were in every aspect of television, movies, and music in the early 80s. You might recognize Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin was one of the members of Menudo. He was like the youngest member at the time. And, you know, he was big even, you know, back then. And, they put out an English album, an English-speaking album, and this one song on that album was called Like a Cannonball. And that song ended up being the theme song to Cannonball Run 2. And it was just kind of cool just to be like, you know, this kid from Hispanic culture recognizing something else from Hispanic culture that just popped up out of nowhere in this movie franchise. And it was the Spanish version of the song that they were playing at the very end, because back then, you know, all those lines were blurred. They just wanted the hottest thing out there, which was Menudo in on their movie. And so that was just a really cool thing to see. And then, uh, you know, to have Cannonball added to, you know, that repertoire of things that remind me of the Cannonball run. Um, There was a third sequel to the Cannonball run. But it was more like a it was an unofficial third sequel because nobody else was involved in this movie except for Jamie Farr starring as the Sheik. And the movie was called Speed Zone. It is not in my canon when it comes to this. Not one star from the originals except Jamie Farr. It does feature a lot of SCTV cast members like John Candy, Joe Flaherty and Eugene Levy. But it is not funny. Like it just it doesn't hit. It doesn't compare to any of the originals, and so I didn't even include it really in this recap because it's just not part of it. There's Cannonball Run 1, Cannonball Run 2, and those are it for me as a memory from when I was a kid. Um, Let's jump into the Q&A. We got a secret weapon. God is our co-pilot. You'll need it. God is our co-pilot? Huh? Remember our car? Yeah. Two seats? Two seats. Where's he going to sit? Where? All right, David from Seattle. Which Cannonball Run character do you think stole the show in terms of comedy? Oh, come on. There's only one. Dun, dun, dun. Captain Chaos. Uh, I, I just, as a kid, I wanted to be Victor. I wanted to be Dom DeLuise, man. He was just the coolest thing. And Captain Chaos was just so much fun. I will tell you, though, the other funniest part as far as comedy goes to me is... Uh, Dean Martin as Jamie Blake, him in that movie sparring between back and forth uh, between Sammy Davis Jr. as Fender Bomb. That was great, too. That kind of stuff. I I still say to this day, anytime anyone ever says to me, God is our co-pilot or something like that in my head, I go, God is our co-pilot. You know, our car, two seats, Linda smack. Where's he going to sit? Huh? 
Where is he going to sit? That always rests with me every single time anybody mentions God is our co-pilot. Um, but anyway, this movie is so full of these one, like one minute, you know, hits of comedy, one right after the other, after the other. Um, Chris from Colorado, out of the many celebrity cameos in the film, which one was your absolute favorite? So I have two from both films. So in film number one, Peter Fonda as their biker gang leader. That was great because it calls back to his role in Easy Rider. And so that was really cool to see. And that was a that fight scene was just so much fun to watch. And as a kid to try and reenact and, um, you know, just all the all the battle back and forth and the fighting. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, uh, you, you have J.J. McClure, you got Burt Reynolds bouncing up against, you know, Jackie Chan. And he goes, Jackie, no, J.J., come on. And then they start doing karate against other people and J.J. getting completely walloped by the bikers. That was just so good. Um, and then part two was Frank Sinatra as Frank Sinatra. I mean, that was just so much fun. So just to see Frank Sinatra in that setting. And then at the end of it, he's trying to enter the race, too, which, um, you know, that was just a blast to see. And just to get him on that movie must have been so cool. Uh, Jill from Chicago. What if? Oh, OK, this is not the crossover question, guys, but this is a great question. I was really happy with this. What if Cannonball Run had a sequel today? Who would be the modern actors you'd want to see cast? OK, so a quick fact. You can't really get Cannonball Run 1 in streaming. You get Cannonball Run 2 streaming. You, you can order the discs for either of the movies. But for streaming, you can't see Cannonball Run right now on streaming. And that's because the, the ownership rights for streaming are a little muddy. HBO, which is Warner now, um, they own it, but it's not appearing on Max anytime soon. Um, and a lot of other distributors, some people have different distribution rights internationally and all that. And so you can't really get that now. And so that's one thing. Then in 2018, Warner Brothers, they got the sequel rights to Cannonball Run. They They own the sequel rights now. And you haven't heard much since, but they actually had a couple of different um, scripts being made. And so who knows when that's ever going to come out? Who knows if that's ever going to happen? I would jump at the chance. But if I would do it, I wouldn't try and do new cast members or anything like that. I would probably do a straight up reboot and just recast some of the characters just so that there's some kind of familiarity. And so this is what I would do. Number one, I would cast Robert Downey Jr. as J.J. McClure. So Downey, he brings this, his charisma and his wit to this role. I think that he would be a great replacement for Burt Reynolds. And then I would actually um, put in one of my favorite comedic uh, actors or sketch comedy guys, Keenan Thompson. I would put him in as Victor and Captain Chaos. I just think that that would be like a really cool and fun take on Captain Chaos. Put Keenan Thompson, he's an SNL, used to be from all that. Get him in there. And now this is my, um, this is probably going to be my, the most controversial casting. I would cast as Blake and Fenderbomb in their priest roles in the Ferrari. I would cast Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart. I would put them in this movie as Blake and as Fenderbomb, and I'd let them just go at it because they go at it anyway. They are a great duo. They are a great team. They are the modern day Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. They are just, they crack me up in every movie that they're in together. Put them in the cannonball run as Blake and Fenderbomb. Put the priest costumes on there. I want to see The Rock in a priest outfit uh, with the sleeves ripped off or something like that, but we could do that. Um, Another couple of things. This is stunt casting. Okay, I would include Jackie Chan 
as Jackie Chan. I would make him the only guy that comes back to reprise his role as himself because he could still do it today. And he still has some martial arts skills uh, to you know pull off. But I would put Aquafina in as his um, partner. And so the person that was uh, in the Subaru with him, I would make Aquafina that character because I think that she would just be hilarious in that role. Um, and then, all right, this is the last stunt casting I would do. Seymour Goldfarb Jr. was Roger Moore, right? Pretending that he was Roger Moore. Well, I would actually make Seymour, this time around, Daniel Craig as Daniel Craig, thinking that he's also James Bond. It all just works for me. Let's make it happen and get right in there. Uh, last couple of questions real quick. Hannah from California. What if Cannonball Run turned into a TV series? Do you think it would work? And which part would you most look forward to? Okay. the I would I honestly think this would be a great Netflix series or HBO Max series or something like that. Make a Cannonball Run series, a series of half hour episodes, and it culminates with, you know, the big fight in the middle and then the end of the race, you know, soon afterwards as the finale. I think that that would actually work. You can get a lot of great TV actors to be in those roles. Let's make that happen. Sarah from Oregon. Were there any iconic scenes or quotes from Cannonball Run that you and your friends would reenact and repeat as kids? Okay. Um, There was a ton of stuff that we would repeat as kids. But what I loved, the line that killed me the most was the line in the bloopers. And it was when they messed it up, when (laughs) Burt Reynolds and Dean Martin were arguing and Burt Reynolds says, I'm going to take these rosary beads and I'm going to stick them up your nose. But in reality, he messed up and he said, I'm going to take these rosary bleeds. And then Dean Martin goes, these bleeds, those bleeds. And they just kept ping ponging back and forth. That cracked me up. That's what I would always say with my friends and joke around and be like, I'm going to take these bleeds and stick them up your nose. And there's that. Cannonball Run, man, so much fun. Thanks for these awesome Q&A questions. I hope you enjoyed them. And now it's one to grow on. run racers had one goal get to the finish line the fastest regardless of their quirky cars or eccentric personalities everyone gave it their all now not all of us are in a coast-to-coast race but we are in a race called life aren't we each of us faces our own unique challenges speed bumps and detours and just like captain chaos always found a way to add a bit of unpredictability to the cannonball race life throws its own set of surprises yet it's not about the hiccups but how we keep pushing the pedal to the metal 
Winston Churchill once said, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Our own personal cannonball runs are marked by that continuous drive. When the road ahead seems foggy or our engines falter, it's our perseverance and spirit that keeps the wheels turning. No race is without its challenges, and while we might not have Captain Chaos causing a ruckus on our journey, we'll have our fair share of twists and turns. The trick? Enjoy the ride, laugh at the detours, and always, always keep moving. So my friends, gear up, put on those driving gloves, and whether you're in a sports car or a beat-up van, remember it's not about the vehicle, but the drive inside. And that's one to grow on. We have to get this woman senator's wife to Philadelphia by make that California will you? <laughs> we're very close <laughs> because if I had enough time I would take those rosary bleeds and uh, stuff them up your nose these bleeds <laughs> those bleeds there yeah. you're gonna take these I take these bleeds here. What? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if you talk about me. I don't care because you're gonna get a slap. I always wanted to be Captain America. <laughs> it's a living. Oh, I'm so sorry. He left. He left first. Mr. Martin left first. I can't. I mean, he said, Why were you laughing? Because he left and you hit me. Well, true believers, it's time to slam the brakes on another turbocharged episode of Radio Wayne's One to Grow On. Today, we've been racing through the nostalgia lanes with the Cannonball Run movies. But before we go full throttle into the sunset, here's your pit stop for what's next. If you've been riding shotgun with us, let's make it official. Subscribe to the podcast on all platforms and give us a review. That's more valuable than a trunk full of cash. Your reviews are our turbo boosters to help others find us on this pop culture highway. Feeling the need for bonus content speed? Well, rev up your engines and join our Patreon crew. For as little as $2 a month, you can get your episodes early as soon as they are edited. For just $5 a month, you can get exclusive posts, polls on future topics, and bonus audio segments called The More You Know. They're waiting for you in the fast lane. Ready to join in the conversation? Hit us up on voicemail 727-37-WAYNE or 727-379-2963. You got more road stories? Drop them in an email at radiowayne at gmail.com. For a daily dose of nostalgia, follow us on Instagram at one to grow on podcast. A turbocharged shout out to the artist extraordinaire, Greg Gosselin, for crafting our podcast logo and artwork. Show him some love by following at Greg Gosselin and get ready for some artistic adventures. And let's not forget our editing ace, Stephen Orr. You can catch his podcast wizardry on Just Another Fanboy and the Superman Superfeed. Keep those engines roaring, keep the nostalgia road alive, and remember, my friends, in the words of Captain Chaos, Dun, dun, dun. Each week, we take a nostalgia-dipped look at the ninth... Let's do that again. Here we go. Fun fact. Did you know that Cannonball... Okay. Let's delve deeper into this 
That's my Burt Reynolds. The mat, the madden, the madden, the madden got a ball run. Yates penned an article in 1971 for Car and Driver magazine. 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 Yates' screen print. Screen print. The Cannonball Run boasted, boasted, boasted. His charisma and charm made him the perfect fit for something that I lost my place in. Hold on. Man. All right. J.J. McClure. Okay. His charisma and charm made him the perfect fit for a character embroiled in a cross-country car race filled with quirky. Man. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) Roger Moore as Seymour Goldfarb Jr., a character (laughs) human... The film also introduced new characters. The audacity, the audacity. The cannonball run kicks off with a gathering. Let's do that again. Jamie Blake, played by Dane, Dane, Dane Martin. It's his brother. Jill Rivers and Marcy Thatcher, portrayed by Tara Buckman and Adrian Bardot. Respectively, these two attractive women. Jill Rivers and Marcy Thatcher. Jill Rivers and Marcy Thatcher, portrayed by Tara Buckman and Adrian Barbo, respectively. Respectively. Jill Rivers and Marcy Thatcher, poor, 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 poor. Jill Rivers and Marcy Thatcher, poor, poor, I sound like Bubba Ray Dudley. All right, here we go. A duo of Japanese drivers with a high-tech computer-laden Subaru GL four-wheel drive hatchback. Is there a giant truck in the parking lot? Hmm, they're going away. He's accompanied by Pamela Glover, a tree lover and photographer, uh, played by Ferris, Ferris, Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller is uh, beauty. Mr. Foyt reappears, reappears. Blake and Fenderbaum in financial trouble with mobster Don Don Cannoli. (laughs) I got to say that again. Cannoloni, Cannoloni. Blake and Fenderbaum in financial trouble. (laughs) The race kicks off with J.J. and Victor posing as a U.S. Army agent and his driver. Nope. That's not how it happens. Here we go. Mitsubishi enter engineer. <laughs> Let's do that again. Mitsubishi engineer Jackie Chan teams up with Arnold in a... um. Okay, I got to do this again. Jackie Chan is back, this time teaming, teaming up with Arnold, played by Richard... Richard huh. I can't talk today. Let's do this tomorrow. Just kidding. Another team features an orangutan chauffeur. Chauffeur. Another team features an orangutan chauffeur. Chauffeur. Another team features an orangutan chauffeur. 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 We got this. When Don Don's gang captures the Sheik, the racers unite to rescue him. When Don Don's... Your reviews are our total... Let's do that part again. It's the very end. Dun, dun, dun. I'm going to do that again. <laughs>